Hello, and welcome to The Link Podcast, the industry's link to learn, innovate news and knowledge in global supply chain intelligence, hosted by food logistics and supply and demand chain executive. We cover everything from transportation and warehousing trends and new technologies to food safety and sustainability impacting today's supply chains. I'm Brielle Jekyll, Associate Editor of Food Logistics and SDCE, and today's episode kicks off our Diversity, Inclusion, and Equality Month. I speak with Terry Esper, a professor in logistics and supply chain at Ohio State University, about diversity in the supply chain and what the real consequences are to avoiding a diverse supply chain. So let's link into that conversation now. Thank you for joining us today. I am here with Terry Esper, who is the logistics professor at Ohio State University. Hi, Terry. Thank you so much for coming on with me. Hey, thank you so much. Good to be here. Hello. So today I wanted to ask you a couple questions about uh, diversity in the supply chain, um, because this is obviously a growing issue. And this is the start of our uh, diversity, inclusion and equality month on the link podcast. Mm, great, so great. We're excited to dive into it. So I guess we'll just get started. So the first question I wanted to ask you is what challenges has the supply chain had to overcome in regards to diversity? Yeah, <clears throat> so great, great question. Great topics. And of course, a topic that, um, you know, I think we've we've had to really talk a lot about over the last eight to nine months. We have right. seen this conversation really uh, mushroom and become quite prevalent in you know business circles you know in every discipline, but in, here in supply chain management, of course, you know we have our own um, challenges as you allude to, and I think you know when when it comes to um, I, I think there's an issue when it comes to the the challenge of diversity and inclusion uh, that is particularly unique to supply chain management. And the numbers will show that actually within supply chain management, if you look at supply chain management as a whole, I'm not so certain that we actually have um, a lack of diversity. In fact, I think we actually are probably one of the business areas that actually has a pretty decent share of diversity when we look at just, especially if we're talking diversity from an ethnicity perspective in terms of ethnicity and race. Um, you know, the numbers are there to show that there are you know people of color and, and, and so much more that are um, involved in managing and executing supply chain work. Our unique challenge becomes uh, the fact that th- those um, where, where we see the diverse talent is more on the front line, not at the managerial rank. And so there's a little bit of a disproportionality there, right? And I mean, and we've got so many you know numbers of companies that have shown, um, you know, there are some, some companies that are saying, hey, when we look at our workforce as a whole, you know, we're close to 50% people of color. However, when we look at those who are in managerial ranks, those numbers are more like 13, 14%, clearly disproportionate. So I think that we need to have some discussions about disproportionality when it comes to diversity. I'm not as, um, I I think, so I think that's a unique challenge when it comes to supply chain. Some areas are just struggling with diversity in the sense that they really don't have much in the way of, ethnic or racial diversity at all. Like the numbers are really slim. I don't know that I think, I don't, I don't think that that's our problem within supply chain. I think our challenge in supply chain is how do we find ways of balancing diversity and leveraging the diversity that we have in order to 
uh, stimulate and to facilitate increased diversity at the managerial rank, maybe by pulling from some of our frontline ranks of persons that are you know, promising and high talent. So I think there's some, some interesting conversations to be had there when it comes to diversity. Again, I'm not so certain that we have uh, as much of a diversity issue as maybe some other areas of business. Right. So I want to get into eventually um, how you think that can be done. But first, I want to go back. Um, obviously, it's been all over the news. It's been it's been a huge current event issue uh, uh, within the last eight to nine months. Like you said, how has this year specifically impacted um, diversity in the supply chain? Yeah, I think it has really um you know, I, I, it, I've sat on a number of panels about this, and what's been very interesting has been, um, you know, the number of, of executives who have said, you know, we had no idea, right? Um, you know, we had no idea, um, and so I think we have had this 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 um, this uh, realization moment um, that, in a lot of cases, a lot of the issues that we face when it comes to diversity and inclusion are issues that lurk. They're not necessarily uh, sometimes you know, brought to the forefront. They are just a part of the social fabric of working within organizations. And sometimes those issues don't necessarily um, get, get brought to the forefront, if you will. And so I think this last eight or nine months has uh, really uh, required companies to, to really pull those issues to the forefront, to have those really tough conversations. And again, I, you know, sometimes the tough conversations are the ones that we just continue to kick the can on until we just have to. And I think what we saw over the last eight to nine months has really been that moment where there was this feeling that we really have to have these conversations. Um, and so I, I think over and above that, um, you know, the, the, it has we've had to have an awakening of sorts that the, that we do have um, issues and concerns. And in many ways, to be honest, I think when we think about this in the context of supply chain, um, and we really, if, if we're looking at this, and, and I, I must admit that over the last eight to nine months, I've really grown in my um, advocacy, if you will, for frontline workers. Like that has been something that I have just really grown passionate about because I believe that that's where these conversations really are. Uh, that's where the rubber meets the road. And, right. and, and that's where we see so many uh, people of color in particular that are working within supply chain jobs. They're in those areas where they're in distribution centers and warehouses. Like I understand that that may not necessarily be how we want it to be. We would like to see more executive level and upper management level, but, but we have to deal with the reality here. And what, what I have found that maybe over those last eight to nine months is that, you know, there's also been some credence lended to some of the complaints that we have seen. I mean, there have been lawsuits, there have been complaints. I mean, there have been issues in those work environments that have been reported. And I think what we're now starting to see is that maybe there, you know, this embracing that perhaps we did have some issues here that we couldn't see because of the lurking issues that we probably didn't either want to face or didn't have the right uh, impetus to face. Right. I mean, because it's 2000, well, now 2021, you don't want to think that these issues still exist. So it's hard, I guess, for companies to really turn the lens on themselves and to, and to, to focus, you know, to actually say this is a problem. Um, yeah. yeah. And if I could also add something else there, I think that that's one of the biggest issues that I have found is a challenge of diversity. And I think it's even a challenge that we have uniquely within supply chain that um, and it, it, but it's a business problem at large that when it comes to diversity and inclusion, one of the reasons why 
um, it is a tough conversation is because there is so much emotion and it's so charged, if you will, to have these conversations and they're tough to have. And so sometimes it, you know, it's easier to, you know, turn a blind eye or turn a deaf ear as opposed to really confronting these issues head on. And I think that's what the last eight to nine months have uh, triggered conversations like this have, we've had to have these conversations um, dead on. I think the big issue is intention. Like, what's the intention? Um, as long as we can ensure that our intentions are right, that we are trying to learn or maybe even unlearn um, so that we can move forward in a positive, uh, uh, in, in, towards positivity, then, that, you know, those tough conversations are necessary in order to, to, to move forward. But I think it's an issue of a matter of intention um, as opposed to just trying to check a box because, well, we got to have right. it to check the box, right? Yeah. Yeah, you want to have that real, you know, we want to do something rather than I'm just doing this because. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I think people do get kind of gun shy because they don't want to take the wrong step. And, you know, so it is definitely a intricate issue. Right. Um, I want to talk about the real what are the real detriments to having to, to having a lack of diversity in supply chain and throughout um, you know, having that balance that, like you were saying. Yeah. You know, so, so there, so I'll start with, um, with, with the bottom line implications. So, um, and, and not to get too academic here, but one of my, um, you know, favorite authors that did work on the area of <clears throat> diversity and inclusion, Dr. Catherine Phillips, um, from Columbia University. She did some amazing work and what she found was that, um, you know, putting people in work teams and providing them or, or presenting them with a work challenge that the teams that were more diverse performed better, like outperformed the teams that were not diverse. And she did this across so many different kinds of diversity and so many kinds of teams. The reason why diversity works and leads to better performance is because decisions are made better. There's this immediate cue that, well, we won't be able, you know, in, in many ways, there's kind of a, almost a trigger that, well, you know, because we're all different, it's going to require that we really have to dig in to reach a consensus. We're going to really have to vet these decisions and we're going to have different opinions, different experiences, different perspectives that are going to be at the table. And so we really have to dig in to make our decisions as opposed to when teams are much more or much less diverse, they, they typically make decisions sometimes quicker and sometimes without as much scrutiny and without as much um, uh, really uh, uh, depth, because it's easy to arrive at a decision when everyone kind of thinks alike and has a common experience. So what the studies have shown is that diversity is important for corporate performance because it leads to better decision-making, which ultimately leads to better outcomes in terms of performance. It leads to better creativity, better innovation. I mean, you know, the reality is that um, we can be more creative because we have different experiences and different lenses that are looking at something from different perspectives. And that creativity, when it's all comes when it all comes together, leads to better performance outcomes. Um, you know, it, uh, diversity leads to better uh, empathy and identification with our customer segments because we have people that are from all different you know segments that represent and look like our customers. So, so all of that to say that, you know, the, the studies are there, the data has shown that increased diversity um, leads to better performance outcomes. The problem, if I go back to Dr. Phillips' work, is that when she did these studies, she found that those folks who were in the more diverse groups made better decisions, 
But when she asked them how they felt about their decisions, did they think they made the best decisions? It was the opposite. The groups that were more diverse felt less, um, they were less inclined to believe that they had made good decisions. They felt that their performance was going to be less than uh, those groups that were not as diverse. And so th that's, a, that's a big conundrum. And I think that's where the, th that's the issue here. Diversity is important. It leads to better performance, but it's tough work. And because it's tough work, oftentimes we can walk away from a diverse business meeting table and feel as if maybe we haven't accomplished as much as we actually have, because maybe the decision-making was a bit more difficult right. because maybe we had to consider various perspectives. So I think when you put all of that together, I know I've taken a little bit of a, a, a side road to get to where I ultimately wanted to get to. When we talk about you know, just some of the potential detriment of not having diversity, I think what we're talking about there is not having that really rich decision-making, not having those various perspectives and customer viewpoints at the table. You know, in supply chain, we're all about eventually servicing customers. Um, we can do that better if we have representation from various customer segments at the Thank table you. making those decisions. So I think innovation, creativity, and just overall well-vetted decision-making is ultimately um, that's what we're giving up when we don't really lean in to ensuring that we have more diversity within supply chain decision-making. Right. I think that's such a good point because I think back to when I worked in uh, more consumer-facing news in the luxury sector, Gucci had a very widespread issue. Um, it, it was very public where they they took a misstep with the, with the sweater and it was really quite offensive. Yep. But because they are an Italian legacy brand and all, you know, many of their people in their higher ups are, are, are Italian and, and less, less diverse, they did not know mm -hmm. what that meant. So someone like you and me will, will look at this and, and just immediately know it's offensive, but because for their culture, they don't, they are not familiar with that. Um, they so they had no idea. So that caused them to take a, a step and realize they really do need uh, a diverse group of people throughout the entire their organization and in the C-suite and, and above. So you can really, you know, so so you can collaborate and, and everyone can know or put their two cents in about why that's wrong or, you know, make a better outcome, like you said. You know, and I, I'm glad you brought up the case of Gucci. You know, I, I feel that Gucci did it correct. Like they really did it correct. I mean, of course, they had a misstep there with that sweater um, uh, fiasco. And um, I, I, I must applaud them, however. You know, and I'm a big fan of Gucci. And I was just totally mortified when that situation happened. And I yeah. thought, oh, man, you know, this is going to be bad. However, they really um, they, they really did it the right way in terms of how you acknowledge that this was an issue and how they write, uh, write, set the ship right or right course. I'm losing my the phrase. I want to use some little snazzy phrase there. I couldn't get it. But, you know, they really course corrected and, and, and really addressed those issues of diversity and inclusion head on and the partnerships that they established as a result of that uh, of that issue and the, the, the way that they moved forward. And, and, um, and it's interesting because I actually had somewhat forgotten about that until you mentioned it. 
Um, and so I think there is something to even in that, um, I think there are some key learnings around when it comes to diversity and inclusion because these conversations are so tough and because sometimes these issues are not addressed head on, there could be little things that appear to be pretty mundane or could appear to be relatively innocent that could have significant impacts. And so then it becomes a matter of how do we manage this crisis, right? And I think that when it comes to diversity and inclusion and some of the issues that come along with that um, of not having adequate diversity, um, you know, again, that's one of the big, so what I wanted to get to there is that that's one of the detriments, right, is potentially we might have to deal with course correction and public media, you know, public relations issues because we're not willing to address diversity head on. And so it's like not let, let's not let this turn into a crisis when we can address it head on by ensuring that we've got more perspectives around the table um, in, in, you know, proactively as opposed to reactively. Right. I, yeah, I agree. They really they didn't just slap a, a fake apology on it. They really kept, and they continued throughout the, the following years. They continued to, to keep addressing it because um, I remember I was constantly covering them doing things like that. And I thought that was great. Yeah. Yeah. They did a great job. So I, my next question. Sorry. Um, so I want to go back. We, we kind of discussed this before, but how can we continue to have uh, diversity and inclusion within the supply chain? What exact steps should we take? What what should companies do? Yeah, um, a, a couple of things. I, I think, you know, as I alluded to earlier, I think a larger question becomes what role does supply chain management play as it relates to diversity and inclusion of companies? So, you know, uh, I, I think until we put this in the context of the role that we play in terms of how, you know, how we contribute to diversification within the organization as a whole, then we'll only just be looking at th this through uh, a, a minute lens. Again, I believe that supply chain management is, is quite um, unique in the sense that, you know, we really do have a mechanism to ensure um, and to recruit uh, diverse talent. That, that's a mechanism that we have in supply chain that I don't know that you know, other areas have. And again, I, I know we're talking frontline um, and, and, and you know, frontline management, but, but that's, a, that's a door, it's, a, it's an important <clears throat> and powerful door. And I think the question becomes, how do we continue to ensure that we keep that door open and that we're leveraging the talent that comes through that door and, and how we can keep um, diverse talent and ensure that there are opportunities for upward trajectory within companies. Um, secondly, I, I think that, you know, there, there's, you know, I'm a university professor and I've got a role to play in this, right? To ensure that our programming uh, is, is diverse, um, that we are attracting, you know, students of, you know, all communities to view supply chain and logistics as a viable career option. And so we're doing that. We're working on those uh, initiatives to ensure that you know we we have a um, a diverse student group uh, that graduates from the Ohio State University. And one of the things that we joke a little bit about, you know, here at Ohio State, we have a very diverse faculty that I'm a part of in terms of my logistics faculty colleagues. Um, you know, we're, we're international, uh, we're, you know, we've got African-American, we've got, you know, women, um, you know, we're, we're a very diverse faculty. And in fact, if there was ever, 
you know, sometimes, un unfortunately, in many cases, white men become kind of the measuring stick of, you know, diver how diverse you are, how many white men do you have, right? Um, and, and so on our faculty, we have one white male on our faculty. Um, and, and so that it's an indication, and there are nine of us. And so that's an indication of, um, you, you know, how diverse we are um, and, and that diversity at the, fore of the forefront of the classroom um, has been shown to trigger more diversity of the talent that's attracted to the major. So again, we're doing our parts here. So there are universities, there's companies that are involved. And to be honest, I think mechanisms like this and conversations like this to really keep this conversation moving forward. The thing I'm most inspired about is the fact that we're talking about this now as opposed to talking about this nine months ago. And I hope that we're talking about this nine months from now. I think that's what's going to be one of those key factors to keep this conversation moving forward is that we're not just having it because of a check mark because this is the hot topic of the day and we have to have it or let's not even rest on kind of you know february which is when a lot of us have these conversations like let's continue to 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 have these discussions to keep this conversation moving and and then let's start to measure and 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 move forward with uh, progress is the way i see it yeah right well, thank you so much for all of your your insight. Um, I'm glad that we were able to share a, a conversation like this and and show you know different perspectives. Yeah, thank you. No, I, it's a it's a pleasure to to talk with you today and to talk about such an important topic, a topic that um, again I thought a lot about. It's near and dear to my heart for personal reasons as well as professional reasons. But also, I think it's just an important uh, part of business. I think ultimately, I always like to come back to the, the bottom line here. I mean, we're talking about corporate performance and we're talking about business um, and, and, and that diversity is not a social experiment. You know, inclusion is not about social benevolence. This is about making sure that we are offering opportunities and that those opportunities are, are um, important because they actually do lead to better performance outcomes and overall um, incre increased competitive advantage and sustainable um, you know, competitive differentiation in the marketplace, which I know is what we are ultimately in, in search of in business circles. So uh, they're real dollars there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really do hope that this is a continued conversation throughout the years to come and that um, it becomes less of a we need to do this and more of a look how far we've come. Absolutely. Yes, I agree. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for, for listening to today's episode. I am so glad I was able to have that discussion with Terry. Uh, tune in every Tuesday for our episodes of Link by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a good review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And next week, we further our Diversity, Inclusion, and Equality Month with an episode focused on women in logistics. So don't forget to hit subscribe on the Spotify, Apple, and Google. Google playlist apps so you never miss an episode. Mm -hmm.